Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights. This week on the show, Mike Dean marks a landmark game in his career by booking nearly everyone and awarding a match-winning penalty in the last minute. Never change, Mike. Fans were back at the Emirates to see Aubameyang break his goal-scoring drought, albeit at the wrong end. Gaeta's performance summed up the Premier League in general this season by being both brilliant and terrible at the same time. Am I to blame for Liverpool dropping points at relegated Fulham? What on earth was Chelsea's goalkeeper doing? James Madison's a good little player and will Sheffield United win a game before they play Arsenal in April? All of this on an episode that will already be out of date when it comes out due to there being too much football on at Christmas. My name's Darren Scott and I'm here with Bailey Hutchison, Christopher Ringham. Boys, how are we? Yeah, very good because everything went right for me this weekend. It's going to be, it's a great pod. I think this could be one of our best because it doesn't matter what we say here. Yeah. It, everything it, we say, every opinion we have, out of date. It, it will matter. be, yeah. At the time this episode comes out, um, there will have been more matches played. We will be obsolete. The words Shambles. we say will be outdated um but we're going to go on ahead anyway on a weekend where truthfully not a great deal happened <laughs> it's a tough weekend for the this. the rundown of topics is not very long this week <laughs> <laughs> no one did anything it's well no one did anything except for probably the obvious starting places is with the great mike dean um, oh yes yeah, he did yeah something. big milestone for mike in his career uh handed out the 3000th yellow card of his career during the Wolves what Aston, a job. Yeah, yeah, big, big, clap it big up. applause for that. Um, yeah. During the Wolves Aston Villa game, um, not happy just to you know hit the landmark and, and go home and enjoy you know a quiet glass of wine with the missus. Uh, he instead decided, no, I need to hand out eight more yellow cards, uh, send two players off, and give a penalty in the last minute that will give one team three points. Um, <laughs> ever the entertainer, Mike. Um, yes. I mean, big, big achievement for the guy. Yeah, I mean, even just, I mean, there was multiple clangers <laughs> in matches this week, but um, I mean, it began with Pierce. I mean, to be fair to Mike, uh, Douglas Louise, it was. Um, pretentious Pierce somehow thinks that an elbow to the face is not a yellow card. Um, <laughs> so he thought there was an agenda behind Mike Dean giving that yellow card, despite the fact that he elbowed him to the face. Well, some, sometimes you've just, just got to sit back and appreciate greatness. But Mike, you know, I've I've never seen a ref like it before, and I don't think we're going to get another Mike after. What no. a guy! Three three thousand some going mm-hmm. for twenty odd years in the game. Like his Brooklyn's per match average is right up there, and oh yeah. To be fair to him, a lot of refs now, because refs are horrible and most of them spend their time at Stockley, <laughs> can hide away. Mike 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 loves the attention, mm-hmm. and so he does. Mike's hard. His fair share of great moments on the pitch from the likes of, remember the no look booking he gave? Like, what are yes. the refs doing that? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. There was actually a booking, I think it was um, Den Donker um, at right. the weekend. He actually booked him so quickly that the cameras missed it. And five <laughs> minutes later, the commentators had to do the old, oh, well, we have to reliably inform you that we believe Den Donker picked up a booking. We'll have to, you know, go in. And when you saw the replay, Den Donker's not looking at him. The yellow card is out and back into the pocket so quickly. <laughs> I don't think anybody on the pitch knew that Den Donker had been booked. Um, yeah, just the another, Michael Jordan of referees. Another bit of artistry Absolutely. from Mike. Um, the the legend. Yeah, I mean, you talk about just a great game, Billy. It does go down. You think of your great individual performances in football. You maybe think of like Messi against uh, Bilbao in that Spanish Cup final mm. when he, you know, scored from picked up the ball in the halfway line, beat a couple of players and scored at the near post. Um, you know, those sorts of just 
the great players doing great Career things. Refiners. Yeah, yeah, completely. R- Ricardo Vazte against Blackpool. Yep. <laughs> okay. And, Maybe uh, not so much. <laughs> you know, you have to put Mike's performance at the weekend kind of in that same category. Like, oh, yeah. knew when he got the 3,000th yellow card, there was an opportunity to make today about him. Um, and that's exactly what he went out and did. It Absolutely, because the, Mati- the, yeah, the Matinho one was hilarious. Because I mean, it was it could so easily not have been a booking, but he just said, oh, "You know what? Yeah. Let's go for it." You know, completely yes. agree. And it was after he'd right given the penalty. At yeah, this yes. point, it was like he'd already made it about himself. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was like yeah, it was gl- it was gluttonous from Mike. He just wanted more <laughs> on his big day, and he's like, "Yeah, I've already given the penalty." And you know, Matinho filed somebody. You're right, Chris. It was a bit of a nothing challenge. Could have easily let it go, and he was like, "He's been booked. Off you go, son." <laughs> I love that. It was a complete nothing game. Like, early kickoff, Villa Wolves. I wasn't expecting anything from this game. And Chris, you'll love this. Please know this is a derby. A black country no, derby? I, is that I what it's called? I didn't know this was a derby. This, this is another one of these, like, M26 well, derbies. Well, yes. <laughs> where, like, yeah. They're just reasonably close to each other. Well, that's it. Well, because it's, it's West Brom, Birmingham, Villa, Wolves, isn't it? And uh, even though, as far as I understand, Birmingham and Wolverhampton are in separate counties. <laughs> um, it's not quite as bad as the Crystal Palace Brighton one, but it's it's in the same vein. Yeah, yeah but cl- clearly Mike went into this game with the, the Derby Day refereeing agenda. Of, oh yes. Well, I'm yeah, go- yeah. I'm going to take control. I'm going to book all of you. <laughs> Who wants? Yeah, it? Mm. yeah. Uh, there, there was a couple of real under the floodlights moments in this game, even though it didn't seem like much happened. Um, whenever El Ghazi scored the penalty, I don't know if you noticed, Grealish like physically dragged him to have a proper celebration. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's a reason like, ah. for that though. Like, um, I even know that from like amateur football days. It's like when you score late in the game, you have to kind of take the celebration right over. It's a time wasting tactic. So it is. It's like, oh, if, I, if we all run well, over to the corner, it takes us longer to get back, so longer for the game to get restarted. Where El Ghazi was perfectly happy walking back to the halfway <laughs> line after scoring the winner. Um, and yeah. I think Grealish took the initiative to say, no, no, let's try and see if we can get this to the 95th <laughs> minute if possible. Yeah, Grealish was adamant that they were going to the corner flag with no fans. Um, also, to the dismay of football, uh, fancy football managers everywhere, um, Roman Saiz was randomly brought back in by Nuno. Well, Nuno can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah, um, one's on this pod. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Nuno can't be trusted. I refuse to speak anymore about the guy. Um, He's dropping players for the sake of He's a loose cannon. Um, this will be a good segue on to uh, what we'll talk about next, but um, kind of hilarious how Emiliano Martinez is becoming one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League when Arsenal let him go. Yeah. Um, it was always a good goalkeeper. It, yeah, he's good. Know, it, I mean, yeah, he's you can see even when he played for Arsenal last year, he, he, was, he, mm-hmm. he performed really, really well. Yeah. A short no, sleeper, yeah. though. And I'm I, with you, Bailey. That does not look right. I'm not, yeah. not a fan of it. Don't like capers and short sleeves. No, I get he's a big guy, pulls it off well, but long sleeve it fell come on no I get you I get you and when um, you look at the Wolves team their goalkeeper has the number 11 on his back Ugh, you know what that, that's actually the biggest issue with that entire club is the fact that he's number 11 I, I've always <laughs> been so irritated by that that needs to change something that I noticed I, I tried to do a little bit of research into Mike um, <laughs> he, like if we were to look up you know Sergio Aguero I could tell you every goal he scored Oh, you know, you'd be able to find that information so easily on the internet. Um, there's not the same level of detail for for referee statistics, which no. I think is a is a disgrace. Personally, absolutely, because it just means they can get a free ride. They can do it totally. they want. I find some information on Mike Dean, but the records seem to stop at 2014 for whatever reason. 2014. <laughs> 2014 was the, the last stats. record I found on a couple of different websites for Mike Dean. Even the Premier League website. 
is out of date because when I went on um, today to look yeah. at how many yellow cards Mike Dean has issued, it still says it was only 1,800 and something. So the Premier League <laughs> website is not up to date with referee statistics. Where else are we meant to get the info? They can do whatever they want. Premier League need the real, again, marketing. Oh, we all talk about the goal records, the nonsense assist records, because that <laughs> stats a lot of nonsense at times. We need to start appreciating the bookings and the red cards that Mike's given out over his career. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Absolutely. Highlights reels that need to be shown, yeah. I think as well, I mean, he, he's probably the last of his kind because the referees that are oh, going yeah. to be coming through now, they're not necessarily on-pitch referees. They're going to have to be trained on how to use a computer, how to click different points. You know, it's a very different game now getting into refereeing. Mike's yeah. sort of the old school, the purist, oh, who, yeah. who just wants to go out, run about, get in, a, in, a, in and around the boys. Dish yeah. out a few cards and let them know who's boss. <laughs> know, you can't see Coot doing that. No, you cannot. He, listen, the boys know who's boss when Coot's right in charge. <laughs> <laughs> the inmates are running that aside. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they are. It, it, was, it was quite funny when, because they were showing like the wee promo, you know, they always do a promo for like the games tomorrow, like the next day. And I swear, for like two months, match of the day has been showing the same Lacazette goal and celebration every time it's Arsenal because there's no other highlights that have been created since then. Well, I think that that segues quite nicely on to Arsenal, um, who are in real trouble. Uh, uh, lost at home um, 1 0 to Burnley. And it was the first game in which Arsenal had the fans. And it was, I was speaking to you guys about this off air. Um, I think in all of the games that have had fans so far, the team with fans, i.e. the home team, have um, at absolute worst drawn the match. Yeah. Uh, and Arsenal yeah. are the only team that had um, that lost their first match with fans. And um, I saw that London's actually going back into Tier 3 and Arsenal confirmed today that fans won't be allowed back in um, for their next home <laughs> game. And I think much to the joy of the Arsenal fans. Yes. What a relief. Um, Absolutely. I mean, some of them were... It was hilarious. They they came... You would, couldn't have told that they were there. It was still very quiet. And a lot of them left early, which I thought was great. <laughs> like, you've waited, I thought it was brilliant. You've waited like seven, eight months to see your Brilliant. team play again. And like, yeah, 90 minutes in, we're 1-0 down. Yeah, screw it, we don't care if there's five minutes added on. We're away home. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, you aren't even having to beat the traffic because there is none. You're, you are just leaving because they're terrible. <laughs> and terrible they were. Um, uh, absolute bottlers, a lot of them. <laughs> absolute. I mean, that, I, mean I, I don't really know where to... Where to be? I mean, I suppose we can begin about McNeil and Westwood living rent free in Jack's head, um, <laughs> and uh, and it was great that Coot was actually involved in this from Stockley Park. Could I don't know how the referee one, didn't right? see it since he was an inch away from it, but yeah, yeah. So uh, the scenario that, that you're referring to, Chris, for context is um, there was an altercation. I think Jack fouled somebody. I think yeah. it was like a cynical. It was, it was a rough tackle. Yeah, it was a, you know, so Burnley on the counter attack. That classic cynical tackle. Yeah. stopped the game, and uh, I think Dwight McNeil might have chirped a little bit in Jack's um, ear, and then they kind of came together. It was a little bit of handbags, and then uh, Jack originally was was yellow carded, and then it was referred to VAR because I think he put his hand on um, somebody's throat. Was it Ashley Westwood's throat? Yeah, hilarious um, turn of events. Yeah, yeah. Put it, sort of pushed to sort of choke him out a little bit and um, and then the referee went, took a look at it in the screen and, and then went and sent Shaka off. And I think, you know, that's... I mean, Arteta must be oh. pulling his hair out because oh. 
He brought him back in to yeah. the team after all that nonsense last year. And, and I think losing a game is one thing, but when you feel like there are people in your own camp that are um, sort of detrimentally affecting the team by their attitude and whatever, it was the same reason Gendouzi was sent out of the club for stuff like yes, this. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Jacka, you know, he's hurting Arsenal again. There's also stuff coming out that, that David Luiz has fallen out with Arteta over leaking, <laughs> no. leaking training ground. <laughs> details to the press Never. apparently Danny Caballos was involved in another training ground bust up um, uh, uh, and there's some suggestion like I don't know how true or not true this is but there's some suggestion David Luiz has been um, the reason he didn't play the game was because Arteta is trying to clamp down on whoever oh, is leaking days. info um, <laughs> from inside the camp so it just seems to be a complete and utter mess at Arsenal yeah <laughs> it was uh, it was great to hear William get absolutely slated on TV um, you, you'd enjoy that Billy well, to be fair, I, cause I only caught up on match of the day today. I didn't watch Arsenal last night because I have seen enough football. <laughs> and uh, I'd I just seen Alex Scott's comment of saying, she said she was disappointed in William because he kept passing the ball and not running in behind. <laughs> Alex, I've watched the guy for five years. <laughs> You've seen nothing. <laughs> this is, that's how the guy plays. The guy's not run behind since he came to the league. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was so confused by um, El, the El Nani thing. Yeah, I don't get how that wasn't a penalty. Yes, so so Darren, <laughs> El Nani shoved Tarkowski in the face yeah, two, in the penalty two box. Hands, two hands. Two, two-handed, two like, hands. direct shove to the face. Correct. Went to Coot on VAR, yeah. and Coot says, yellow card, <laughs> no foul. Yeah. Can you please explain that to me? <laughs> well, I can't. I mean, it's David Cook doing as usual, watching a TV screen and then not being able to come to an accurate conclusion of what he's watching. Um, <laughs> Xhaka put one hand on a player's throat and received red. And 10 minutes later, a player puts two hands on another person's face and doesn't <laughs> see red. It baffled me. I mean, El Nenny, to his credit, you know, pled his innocence the entire time, which I also, also went down f- himself. Yeah, Smart. which I, I always think is hilarious now when you see these players that are like um, arguing with officials after it's gone to VAR. Like there's a million oh, cameras yeah, yeah. in these stadiums. <laughs> like Connor Cody last week, just to bring up the Connor Cody's a diver again. Uh, Connor Cody <laughs> last week still, you know, was claiming to the referee there's no way that's a dive after we've seen via a million cameras that it was a dive. El Nenny was the exact same. He sent a Tarkovsky, I didn't push you in the face. And Tarkovsky's clearly saying to him, yeah, you did. Two hands. It was so clear the conversation yeah. that they were yeah, having yeah, and then yeah. he was like I didn't do that that didn't happen <laughs> bit of justice though because the corner did eventually go in off a guy who's struggling for goals uh, yeah good to see him uh, break uh, the goal drive <laughs> bullet header good header yeah it's rough. To the front post it's rough for him. <laughs> when it rains it pours doesn't it uh, <laughs> it's tough to, it is tough to see a guy go through a spell like that to be fair but yeah exactly like he signed his pension basically in the summer yeah. there, so he's fine. But one one thing on the the sending off that I did think was hilarious was it probably wouldn't have been a sending off had Westwood not originally run over, and because he ran yes. over, Jacka fell over him. But the way he fell <laughs> yeah, over, that, that was he, actually he what triggered that, him. Yeah, 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 he thought that Westwood came over to do him in, but mm-hmm. he he didn't. He just he was just running over. The two of them have collided, and it's triggered Jacka that raise his hand yeah fantastic i think that on the abameyang point um i don't think he deserves all of the blame because we talked about it last week arsenal ranked dead last in the league for chances created and he is a striker so um you know if you're not getting a huge number of chances that's going to limit the opportunities you have to score goals but at the same time the only player that i saw do anything remotely positive for arsenal in that game was was saka 
Um, mm. He was the only person who wanted to get on the ball and try and make something happen. The rest of them literally stand in a line. Aubameyang, Lacazette, William stand in a line uh, mm. up front and just wait for the ball to come to their feet. Um, Saka yeah. was the only one who wanted to drop in, get it in spaces, try and make different things happen. Uh, and that's Arsenal's problem. It, it, they lack creativity because nobody's bothering their arse doing anything. Yeah. Good little oh, player. Sa- yeah, Saka's Good little recently, player. I think last season, signed a five-year deal. And he's young enough where football matters to him. And obviously, he wants to progress in his career and do things. Where if you look at that other three you said there, Aubameyang and William are on their last big contracts here. They don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or is that young uh, man wants, like, has ambition? William doesn't. It, 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 was a, it was a shame that it was in the Europa League. I, I do have to say, though, El Nani scored. It would, it would have been up there with under the footlights goal of the season against Dundalk if it had been in the Premier League. But unfortunately, it wasn't. And it, was, and it was against Dundalk. So. There's no football played on Thursdays, Chris. Except play. for this Thursday where there is football played. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's Premier League, so that does count. Can we just, before we finish with Arsenal, talk about how. No one should want Patrice ever as a mate. The guy's a big tight. Well, um, Patrice, uh, after the game, uh, was talking about uh, his good friend Terry Henry, uh, <laughs> international teammates, and he, he was talking about going around to Terry's house to watch an Arsenal game. And Patrice has now uh, let, let us all know and thrown Terry under the bus by saying that. Until from went to watch the Arsenal game, seeing Xhaka was captain and Terry turned the TV off, <laughs> saying, I will not watch my club with him as my captain. <laughs> and and that is, that, Terry doesn't want that known. Yeah. And I don't know if that definitely happened. I think Patrice is... Definitely did. You, you definitely used a bit of artistic license, I think. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is, as well, with Patrice, like, Patrice himself refuses to pass negative judgment on any professional footballer, <laughs> but he seems completely happy to pass negative uh, judgment on a player via the medium of another player. <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting. I guess a question for you two is um, Mikel Arteta, you know, is he in trouble? I think um, it's his fault. I think it's his fault. Uh, Arsenal are 15th in the league, they've got 13 points. Are they dying? They're five points clear of Fulham, who are, who are in eight, <laughs> eight, eight points. Here, darn. They're five points clear of those guys. They're 15th in the league, and Burnley have a game in hand, which I don't think they can go above them, but they can close the gap. I mean, how, how much trouble are they in, really? No, like, it, it's bad, but I, I mean, I remember, Billy, you'll remember well, the season after he's won the league in 2015, Chelsea were horrific for ages. Yep. Uh, Liverpool, I think, a few seasons towards the end of Benitez, Hodgson, like they started you know, 12, 13. You it, was know, a, it, it was a seven-year era where Liverpool were pretty awful. Crap. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Yeah, it was they my adolescent days. years. Yeah, they, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Were, they were fantastic. Yeah, you know, that was great. Um, so, I mean, like, it's just, it, it's kind of like Sheffield United. It's just like, where, where is the result going to come from? You know, it, it'll just suddenly happen in some game, you know? So Arsenal's next game is Southampton. Are flying. Oh, well, they're going to lose that. that. Then yeah. they play Everton away, oh, so Everton will have well. a crowd. Yeah. And then they play Man City in the quarterfinals of the <laughs> EFL Cup. Before then, playing Chelsea and then Brighton. <laughs> oh well, there's a win, oh, isn't there, Chris? Oh, they're playing Brighton. Well, I'll, be, I'll be a big relegation six pointer. That so. <laughs> there's one in there. It's funny that it's like, who do you bring in though? Like, no, they, they can't sack him. I, I, I still maintain. I think the biggest mistake they made when they changed Emery. Uh, Ancelotti was available and they oh, didn't yeah. go for him presumably because A, he would 
either asked for too much money himself in wages or probably more likely he was asking for too much investment in the summer employees. Ah, yeah, he was because the Hameses of the world. I mean, when your club's in trouble, you need somebody who can come in who can really turn the entire culture of the club around. And, yeah. and as much as I like Arteta, um, he's not, hasn't done that. He, yet. Yeah, he's never. I mean, well, he's never proven that he can do that. This is his first real well, coaching indeed, job actually. on his own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ancelotti, just by the name alone, would have mm. commanded a bit more yes. respect coming in the, the door. The, they need that. I mean, I mean, long term, it's Nagelsmann, Red Bull Leipzig. That's who. No, they... he's. A, I, I don't back him at all. Another hipster man. Yeah, no. no. What one player I, I was a, a fan of was after the game, Kieran Tierney. Tierney just came out and accepted all responsibility for it, even he though he's like, been their best player this season. Ex- exactly, he was like, "We we deserve to be booed. We weren't good today. We, we've got to fix it." And you're like, "That's a new signing, who's a a reasonably young guy still. He's just the complete leader at that club. He's their best player mm-hmm. so far this season. He's, he's I, good." Absolutely loved it. From I, he's one I would have him at Chelsea. He could, he could come in and clean Chilwell's boots if he wants. It's not going to pay if they go down. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of Arsenal. We're anyway, anyway. Um, just before we go on to the next topic, we we were talking there about Arsenal's next run of fixtures and whatever. Um, I did notice that the Sheffield United's next game is Manchester United, and um, is it going to be the most United thing ever if Sheffield get their first win of the season against them? Well, they definitely will. I mean, let's be honest. Like, well, I don't know, do I? But the, you know, like, I have no, I have nothing else to say on them. I, 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 I like Man United as a club. You know, out of all the big teams, they are the team that I would have most affinity for of like the big, big teams. But it's absolute garbage under Solskjaer. And to be <laughs> fair, they actually defended quite well against City, but City were garbage too. So you know, it's a terrible game. Yes, yeah. I'm just looking at it there. She- Sheffield at home, the Man United. That has Liv- uh, ex-Liverpool man Ryan Brewster first goal for his new club written all <sighs> over it. One nil Sheffield. No, maybe. And I can but... say it because I've no fear because by the time this comes out, most people have listened to it. This will be wrong. No, no, they play on Thursday. You can say whatever you want. Ah, uh, you people listening on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you see, but you see, if I was so Scott, I'd be playing Greenwood up front every game. I don't understand why he plays him in the wing because he's clearly a brilliant finisher. The next thing we were going to go on to talk about is, as some people may have picked up on the podcast already, is that Christopher is in fine form today, and, and there is a reason for that. Chris has really had a just a really great weekend. West Ham won their game, uh, Brighton lost, and lost to Leicester of all teams. Uh, all of the Premier League marketing concept, Big Six, all dropped points this weekend. So it's a big day for, you know, the little guy. Uh, you know, Leicester are up into third, one point off the top of the league. Southampton are into the top four, West Ham are sixth. Chris is in really fine spirits. Absolutely. Um, good weekend, Chris. Great weekend. Um, and, I mean, I mean, it was capped off by Brighton getting absolutely no criticism by anyone again. I mean, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but they were literally beating 3-0 and there was no comments about it whatsoever. It was on um, late, late on a Sunday night, to be fair. Yeah. Also no, on the three glampy. <laughs> no, so they, they went they went through the analysis and then no mention of Brighton. Just oh yeah, it's, it's Brighton oh, three <laughs> nil three nil Leicester. Oh, sure, sure they went all the other games anyway. Um, they won two games. Um, it was okay. It was just a good weekend, you know. Liverpool nearly got beat by Fulham. I mean, you've summed it up well. I I really have anything else to, to add. It was just yeah, the the Leeds West Ham match was. Was great. Moyes was still angry, even though we won because of the Fabianski on the line nonsense and all that. Um, we still won despite the fact Fournells is one of the worst finishers in the league. 
Um, Correct. And yeah, it was a, it was just a great weekend. I, I, the only the only thing I would made, I, I do want Sheffield United to win. Uh, like I, I'm I'm quite sad for them, but everyone else, <laughs> great result. So I mean, to, to sort of pick apart some of the games that happened within those, um, Leicester Brighton to Le- Leicester Leicester were very very good. James Madison looked like he's now he's finally back. back. You know, he was in coming back from injury and different things. He, he now looks like he's he's back and raring to go. And um, obviously Vardy and the guys around him will all benefit from that. But but they looked very good. I think Brighton missed a chance early in the game. Danny Welbeck, I'm shocked. Um, forced a had a really good chance. I think forced a save from Casper Schmeichel. Uh, mm. And then Leicester went and got one, then got two, then got three, and, and it was pretty much game over at half time. Um, but Leicester yeah. back to looking very good. They either, I mean, they they no draws this season, Leicester, so they either win or lose. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the third goal is definitely a contender for under the lights school this season. Well, I mean, bit of pressure on the ball. <laughs> Anytime you let somebody passively do four or five step overs, yeah, you're asking for trouble. Go close well, them down. We can play what's in front of you, Darren. Yeah, and they can go and close him down. He was in front of them. Ah, well, no, you're so. Oh, oh, right, I see. I'm talking uh, about yeah. from a Brighton defending perspective. James oh, Madison yeah. stood in the same spot, did four step overs, and then put it in the top corner. Yeah, yeah. He stood in the same spot for four or five seconds. Go and close him down. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Diddy almost had. I think Diddy had a probably ball of the season so far. I don't know if you saw that pass. It was absolutely beautiful. Halfway Another through. one slowly coming back, Leicester. Leicester injury-wise now are starting to click again. I think Pereira's due back soon. What about uh, Castagna as well? He's, he was out, yeah, wasn't he? Soyuncu's still out, yeah. yeah. Well, Soyuncu came back and Brendan put him in a game too early and went off after 20 minutes. Yeah, right, he's a fraud. To be fair, Johnny Evans and uh, Christian uh, Fust, he is the worst to pronounce the name ever, Fust, who's actually one of the players that won the league for them, um, they're getting on a bit, but they're still, you know, like fair play to them for how well they're doing. Oh, yeah. Johnny's had some stinkers though recently. Come on, he has, he has. No, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> there's times where you're like, oh, I'm going, yeah, this isn't your level anymore. I mean, we've talked. About well, it. The, well, uh, well, Bailey, they are about to be top of the league. To be, uh, to be fair, you know, like, but they're not. <laughs> And they'll not they'll not stay up there. Well, I mean, we've talked about this. Um, I mean, there are eight points I think separating first and thirteenth. If you look at all of the clubs that are all up at the top, obviously the points are all very similar. The goals for are all very similar. The goals against are all very similar. I mean, everyone is both good and terrible at the same time. <laughs> um, and I, like I kind of, oh, I get, oh, I get oh. the whole. <laughs> oh. The you know the tier system, and when you're in tier two, you can have fans come back to the stadiums oh, right. and different things. Okay. I don't think some teams should be allowed fans and others not. I think either all of them have to have them or none, because it is an advantage unless you're Arsenal. Uh, but <laughs> I, I and I get why they're doing it. It's money in for the club. I get all of that, and you know, from a personal point of view, Liverpool are in tier two, so they're allowed fans back in the cup, which is great, and it does lift the team. But I. I don't like that some team because now it's not that even playing field. Some teams have home games with no fans, and others have home games where they've got two thousand oh. people cheering for them. It is a big difference. But, but Newcastle had COVID at their training ground, and they still beat West Brom. <laughs> yeah, well, I've talked as well about using COVID as a delaying tactic to get people back from injury. <laughs> <laughs> Seri- serious, serious. Because dark Newcastle, were, Newcastle, so, you know. 
again, I refer this back to amateur league football. If you can't fulfil a fixture, you lose that game. <laughs> but Newcastle were somehow able to say, hang on, our whole club's got COVID. And they were saying, yeah, we'll just play that some other time. Yeah, yeah, that, that I mean, every team yeah. should be doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Liverpool um, should be delaying until Van Dyke comes back. <laughs> uh, Billy, I don't know if, when you're talking about people being past it, um, it was a real shame to see Ivanovic in that game. <laughs> oh, don't, I, I didn't even see it, and then I seen his name trending on Twitter. Oh, Billy, and I said before he joined, like he is. He, he, he peaked yeah. eight years ago whenever he won a Champions League and he, he looked yeah. old then. So how this guy is still in the Premier League or has made, made his way back. Sorry, he's not still in it. He made his way back because Slavin's seen something in him. But well, he, well, get, he gets absolutely yeah. done at the start and then, yeah, it's it's not good whenever you see your name trending on Twitter for the wrong reason. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, let's be fair to him. He was brilliant for Chelsea, you know, for, for so many years. But it, it, some similar in Sheffield United, they brought Jaggy Elka back in at 38 and he had an awful game. <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually thought they should have done that weeks ago, but now that I can see why they didn't do that. You know? So much to do with, like, the speed of the league and everything, yeah. especially for defenders. You can They're back three. Yeah, you can sort of hide it in the middle of a back three, but once one of these top players gets running at you, you're you're done. Yeah. Well, it was Joe Linton, but yeah. I think as well when you are <laughs> in Jaggy Elka's case, you're in a defence that knows if we concede one, there's a very good chance we're going to lose today's match. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it's a very different scenario coming in and defending in a team that gets three or four a game versus defending at a team that you know we're getting one today at mm. best, best case yeah. scenario. Uh, and that's definitely what Jaggy Elko yeah. is coming into. Oh, uh, oh, Billy uh, Gallagher's hair is getting better every week, by the way. Um, Beckham, just yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> another one, of, another one of the Chelsea pretty boys. So he is. he's one of those soonest would have said. Remember years ago about that Arsenal team that was very soft. Oh, I. There, there are a bunch of guys you'd like your daughter to come home with. Connor <laughs> yes. Gallagher is one of those lads. So he is. <laughs> yeah. Um. I suppose maybe one game that's worth touching on. Um, Crystal Palace Spurs, uh, 1-1 draw. Um, in some ways, Spurs unlucky not to win the game because they had a million chances and Gaeta pulled off a number of very good saves. Um, but at the same time, their goal came from a shot that was right down the middle of the goal. <laughs> Brings up, I thought, interesting punditry on this. I think there's a real gap. It was... I watched it on Sky and it was Sunus and Evra. Two guys who, <laughs> fair enough for what they've achieved in their careers, brilliant, and they are half decent pundits, but they're not, they know nothing about goalkeeping. <laughs> There's a real gap in the market here for a goalkeeper to be on punditry. Like, BT, well, every, really? time, BT every time there's a dodgy decision, bringing that Peter Walton fella. <laughs> but you have Sunus going, oh, that. That's a save you expect them to make. From yeah, Roy, Roy Keane says it about every goalkeeping save. Your man, <laughs> your man David always says like that's a that's a top save from the goalkeeper. And Roy goes, I'd expect him to save it. Like Roy's <laughs> an international Roy's, keeper. I'd expect yeah, him to do that. Roy's so <laughs> underwhelmed by every save that every goalkeeper makes. I, do, I, I, I think every punditry team should have a proper like an ex pro goalkeeper because even last weekend there was. Before the Chelsea game, Rob Green was on, and he well, well how, yes, that, he's getting involved now. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned how a lot of the ways Mendy saves as he goes to make a save, he uses a lot of hip rather than his knees. That's something I've never known about goalkeepers. 
And I'm not going to get that information from Soonus and Ever, who just yeah. Soonus is sitting there waiting for Pogba to make an error, and Patrice is waiting to grass up one of his yeah. mates. Well, give, me a, give me a proper goalkeeper to analyse some of those, because some of those saves from Guaida were phenomenal. Yeah, the reaction stuff was very good. And and I think, listen, it's a completely valid point. I maintain that I think Alex Scott's the best current pundit on the, yeah, on the Sky yeah, roster, but the best pundit that I've ever seen was Jose Mourinho. In oh, terms of, of just his, in terms of, course, of his knowledge yeah. of the game and, and sort of the bits that he was able to pick apart, and if you're going to bring a goalkeeper in, which I think is a really good idea, you know, it can't just be like just being an ex goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, it can't be just one of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, because like, you've done the job. You know, and... by the same, you know, Peter Walton's an ex referee. That doesn't mean that he Peter comes, Walton. He comes yeah. in. Yeah, it doesn't mean he comes in and adds anything yeah. to the BT yeah. coverage. And um, he just sits on the fence. Um, and says, well, I can see why they gave it, but I can also see why they might not have. Yeah, um, yeah you but, don't want to yeah. keep her coming in going, oh, I can see why he saved it, but every now and then we yeah. make an error. I, I, yeah, I want the what Rob Green did last yeah. week of this is how he moves and this is what he's saying. I, I think definitely some, someone needs to get involved. Well, the, Rob the, Green. The, the issue with Rob Green is that you know, he might get ousted by his, by his trainers if he isn't careful. <laughs> um, They're all doing that. They've all got some stuff. Dinkers on at the minute. It's it, it's the lack of socks combo thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, like I understand I'm not cool, you know, and all that kind of thing, right? But get a grip. <laughs> but uh, anyway, moving on. Bailey in the mud this week. No, 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 no. This has happened again. This happened again. This has happened. You almost got beat by Fulham, and you're going to go to in the mud. First of all, you're going to in the mud, Christopher. Darren did not almost get beat. I did not almost get beat. <laughs> okay. I am not responsible. Secondly, it's not, nothing I can do. We're out of time. It's got to go down the month. No, Never listen. Uh, yeah, you're completely right. Fulham are... <laughs> Fulham, Chris. Fulham, hard done by to only leave with yeah. a point. Uh, and you'll get no arguments from me. Um, Liverpool's first 30 minutes of football is probably... I mean, it's unacceptable, the first 30 minutes of football that Liverpool played. Um, I think teams now... Going back to what you know, Bailey made the point a couple of episodes ago that the way to get at Liverpool is that ball from sort of full back in behind the centre backs, long ball up the end of the channel, which um, Leicester didn't do against Liverpool, and and um, everybody else since has, and it causes problems because Liverpool's yeah. centre backs aren't aren't the usual pair, um, and Liverpool I've always thought struggle against um, a back five, back three. Um, because Liverpool leaves the three forwards high up the pitch and um, whenever the ball goes wide then one of the three midfielders has to cover over and it leaves gaps all around the place um, the first 30 minutes were an exa- a perfect example of just not being at it at all and um, yeah. Fulham could have been two or three to the good at that point um, Alisson made a couple of reasonable saves and, and in the second half Liverpool retained that control that you expected them to have for, for the bulk of the game and um, <clears throat> I think fortunate-ish to get a penalty. Um, okay, okay, so were, and, oh, uh, but why you put your hand above your head when you're on the yeah. wall is just beyond stupid. Oh, yeah. um, and it's that stuff that Scott, we've said, it's the problem Scott Parker's been coping with all year. He's just got players who let him down. Yeah. Um, so they do, and, and Mo Salah hit maybe the worst penalty in history. Um, so lucky. If, if your man Ariel is on loan, from PSG, I think that should be an indication that he's not the guy for them. I <laughs> <laughs> straight at him. Yeah. So save you um, expect him to make. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so Liverpool very lucky to get away from it. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Robinson and Anderson in particular for Fulham were were class. I said this to both of you um, at the time. Uh, I got real like sort of 2012 to 2015 Crystal Palace vibes from this film team. <laughs> uh, you know, as a Liverpool fan, I used to watch us play Palace away every year. Every year, Liverpool lost. Oh yeah. Um, and Palace did the exact same thing. They just bullied Liverpool yeah. uh, and then hit them on the counter-attack with, with the likes of Zaha. And, um, and it was a very Palassi. similar sort of... what a player. Yeah, yeah, Palassi. It was a very similar sort of story with Fulham. They bullied Liverpool yeah. in midfield and, and then hit them with pace with Lookman. Um, with uh, Cavallero had a couple of decent chances as well. And with um, the guy who played right back or right wing Bobby back. Reed, Bobby, Bobby Reed. Decor Bobby Reed. Um, really good performance and, and you look at that so if they could do that performance every week then maybe you start bringing into the conversation that, that they might not be done. Listen, look, I get he came from that team with the uh, Hallands and all and all that kind of thing, right? But have you, like, I mean, maybe you do you know a time that he actually did perform well. Like, I, I just he performed well against Liverpool. That's the last time <laughs> in the Champions League. <laughs> when you start putting a, a tax on these lads from the RB teams, so what do you, Chris? Yeah. Mm. Fraudulent uh, leagues they're coming from. I think I think it, it's like let's be critical for the sake of being critical. It's like the guy play, the guy's played <laughs> absolutely not. The guy's played <laughs> hasn't had a huge amount of game time. Um, you won't have watched him when he played the Champions League games. The guy works his arse off every single game. He can't fault his effort in any of the games that he plays in. He's a good lad, Chris. So he, alone. Uh, he was Liverpool's best player in the Community Shield. Um, yeah, Not the community shield. Well, it doesn't matter. When was the last time he scored a goal? Uh, he scored. Um, he played the one of the, the pointless ends. EFL. I don't know what it's called. Carabao. Forty million well spent. Great. He cost seven point five million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> come on, help More. yourself. <laughs> I was I was going to edit this whole section out. Now it's staying. <laughs> Because <laughs> I wanted to be on your side. Frasier slip. You just lost your own argument by making a. Oh, um, um, <laughs> Premier League winners medal, Chris. That's what he can pick up. Oh, Walk into West Ham's team. No, he wouldn't. Pablo, Pablo, <laughs> he absolutely Pablo wouldn't. Fornals, please, Pablo Fornells be sitting on the bench if he went. Ben Ram and Bowen are better than Minamino. <laughs> About 70 million for him, though, you think? <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, who's in the mud this week? In the mud this week, uh, teams playing Corinthians. Brazilian team Corinthians. What? So uh, you boys know that uh, I'm a very superstitious football fan. So in my head, on, on the day of a Chelsea game, the lead-up, I think everything I do has an effect on the team. It's yes. completely dumb, but I love it. <laughs> so let's go to Corinthians, because Corinthians have a weird correlation with something. Uh, Corinthians are one of those clubs you only hear about every other year whenever they make it to the Club World Cup. Uh, but today I found out that there's a bit of correlation between Taylor Swift releasing albums and Corinthians results. They've never lost. So if we go back to uh, Taylor Swift's first album, uh, the 24th of October 2008 release, Taylor Swift, the game before that album was released, they won 1-0. The game after, they also won 1-0. Next album, Fearless. Game before, 2-0 win. Game after, a 2-1 win. Uh, Speak Now, game before, was a 1-0 win versus Palmeiras. And the game after was a one all draw against Flamenco. Not a win, but I've actually heard of Flamenco, so they must be half decent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the album Red, uh, game before 1-H, game after 1-0. 1989, 
The game before was one each. The game after was two all. No idea who they were against because I don't actually care. But no losses. Album Reputation, the game before, was a 1-0 win. Game after was a one-all draw. They're not uh, goal fests. They're not, <laughs> but they're not losing. They're not losing enough. It's very Mourinho, this. Uh, lover, two draws, a 0-0 and a one-all, yet more non-goal fests. Uh, Folklore, the game before, was a 1-0 win. 2-0 win the game after. And they're actually struggling this season, so they're 17 points behind Sao Paulo in first. But luckily for them, this weekend, Taylor Swift uh, surprise released Evermore <laughs> before this and beat Sao Paulo 1-0, despite having two players suspended and being 17 points behind. I mean, that's great. Um, I love it. So I absolutely love this. You know, I think... <laughs> it's a great stop. I think it has to be mentioned. Somewhat tedious link when you mentioned <laughs> that there was some correlation between results. I thought oh, they're going to win every game. They drew a lot of draws in there. They never um, lose. They never lose. They, they never, never okay. lose. Never lose. Okay. When Taylor uh, releases albums. Yeah. So okay. Fair enough. And um, one of the things I love about there's been some guy, some Corinthians fan, who has sat down, <laughs> taken time out of his week, and looked up Taylor Swift release dates. Uh-huh. I'm well, gone. What are the results uh-huh. either side of that now? But done. You say that it could be a Corinthians fan who is also just a big T Swift fan. And they have the them. dates locked in. No, nobody's sitting going, you know, on his Spotify or sorry, no, no feel no free promo. Other streaming services are available, <laughs> but he's sitting and he gets the notifications. You know, stream Taylor Swift's new album today, and he's played it and he's thought, "Oh, what a banger!" Uh, <laughs> and then he's he's watched his team uh, play the the following weekend, and and he's realised. We've not lost. In a lot yep. of cases, we also didn't win, but we've not <laughs> lost. Uh, and then every time he's just repeated that process. But uh, it's something I would love. Like in my head, if I'm a Corinthians fan, and um, so, say we're getting near to a final or a big game, I'm begging for a release from the woman. So um, mm-hmm. I'm begging for it because, as you know, I do stupid things. I will wear football tops the entire season. I have to make sure I wear the right socks and everything. It would drag me up the wall if I knew a certain artist releasing an album before a game can mm-hmm. affect a result. That threw me massively. What what other like weird correlations have there been? Almost curses oh, have oh, there been good, in, yeah. in the game yeah. of football? And yeah. I was looking into Benfica, first of all. Benfica have a European trophy curse oh, yes, put them yeah. by uh, yeah. Gutmann, who is a Hungarian player who played for them in the 60s, coached them as well. And upon asking for a pay rise, uh, which was turned down by the club, he declared, not in 100 years from now will Benfica ever be a European champion. Benfica have been in eight European Cup finals since and not won one. <laughs> so it is. And as a player, you, you don't need that in your head. Going I into think like, it, yeah. there, There's a guy from the 60s who's cursed us. We're done for 100 years. You have so to accept. Funny. That's so so you do. And one more, and Darren, it's a good one for you. Liverpool won the league last season. What what reason would you like? What what would you say are the main reasons for Liverpool winning the league last season? Ninety nine <laughs> points, fantastic year. Give me some um, what are the main reasons? Uh, probably the inclusion of Takumi Minamino for the second half of the season <laughs> really got them across the line. Uh, no, they were just very good. Completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ex-player Bruce Grobelor explained the reason why Liverpool were finally able to win the league recently. Bruce Grobelor. Uh, Bruce uh, 
<laughs> revealed after last season <laughs> that in the 1989-90 season, a witch doctor put a curse on the club from ever winning the league after a testimonial match for Grobbler in 1992. And the only way to break the curse was to urinate on all four goalposts in Anfield. Which obviously was a bit difficult for Bruce to try and get permission to do. But in a December 2019 interview, Bruce revealed that uh, he was able to splash urine on all four goalposts at Anfield after a charity match in May. He had been caught urinating on the post at the cop end in 2014, so didn't get the job done then. (laughs) 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 Had to wait for a couple more years. And... (laughs) Was able to complete the job in December 2019, just in time for Jurgen to lead the Reds to their first league title. I mean, I love that. I mean, that's we thought. You know, there's so much good has come from like the internet coming in, and people can put these random correlations that are somewhat <laughs> meaningless together. Um, I love that. That's so fantastic. Yeah, there's Corinthians fans out there hoping Taylor Swift releases albums, and Liverpool fans hoping there's Bruce an entire city on the post. Just, just happy that. <laughs> Yeah, that Bruce was drinking a bit of water that day. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Well, thank you very much for that. That was great. Um, clearly a busy week at work. <laughs> anyway, boys, I think that brings us to the end. Something that we did want to touch on, uh, the news today that um, Gerard Houllier passed away, former Liverpool and France manager, um, also former Aston Villa manager. Um, you know, just wanted to make a mention that uh, as you know, as a Liverpool fan, uh, Mr. Hillier was really the first Liverpool manager that I can remember. Um, I think managing Liverpool in the late nineties, early noughties. Uh, I think he gives Stephen Gerrard his, uh, is the captain's armband for the first time as well. So, um, a really famous figure in in sort of Liverpool history and um, in football in general. And uh, obviously, condolences to um, his family. Um, but Sad yeah, that's news. kind of us. Yeah, that's kind of us for today. Um, we have talked about it a little bit. That um, <laughs> there's a lot of football on at the moment. Uh, this is recorded after the weekend matches. When this goes out, more games will have been played. Our schedule is going to remain the same. It's going to be one episode per week. We will try to cover the main topics. If that means two game weeks, then we'll do our best to juggle that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this Christmas period is is pretty hectic, and, and we're just gonna have to get around each other and help us help us get through it yeah we, we, we all feel we all feel sorry for the for the players this time of year Th- think of your local podcaster yeah over this christmas period of this lot of fixtures no, absolutely the three of us on boxing day analyzing football who's uh, on boxing day there's gonna be well, some stinkers in there isn't there mm, sheffield so everton aston villa palace up there yeah. <laughs> yeah, merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> anyway boys thank you very much for your time cheers see you next week <laughs>